Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 269, ROI, Return on Investment. No matter what sport your student athlete is into, it can be expensive. Many athletes play multiple sports early in their youth sports and up into junior high. It gets harder to play multiple sports as they get into high school, but I'm in favor of multiple sport athletes for many reasons, and that may be something that we can cover in another episode. Both of my sons played baseball and basketball into high school and Parker played football and ran track in junior high. Whether your son or daughter plays multiple sports or just one sport, it can drain the pocketbook. Equipment, training, travel, and club or tournament fees every year from age 8 to high school adds up. I have heard many families say that when their son or daughter gets their full-ride scholarship in their sport, it will be worth it all. When I hear that, it really makes me cringe. Many athletes look at their student-athletes' opportunity to get a college scholarship and think that it will pay back all the money and the time and spent through the 10 years of youth sports. The family is looking for a return on investment, or ROI. Forbes.com says that ROI is a metric used to understand the profitability of an investment. Investomedia.com defines ROI as a financial metric that is widely used to measure the probability of gaining a return from an investment. The reason I say that I cringe is that I know that there are very few student-athletes and their families that will get a positive ROI, money-wise, over a 2- or 5- or 10-year period. When I was in the car business, I had my salespeople set up monthly goals and monthly forecasts. Everyone should have a goal or multiple goals to shoot for. So I wanted the salesperson to give me a forecast along with their goals, with a reason why they would or could hit those numbers. If you have goals and forecasts with no logical background behind either of them, then when you fall short, you are more likely to be discouraged or even quit. You might blame something that had nothing to do with the reason for the outcome. This podcast and Recruit Me wants to provide you with free and inexpensive resources to save you time, money, and stress during the recruiting process. But I wanted to do all of those in this podcast, but especially reduce stress by, unfortunately, popping a myth balloon. Myth number five of the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System Manual is, most athletic scholarships are full rides. Stay tuned until the end of this episode to hear more about the Recruit Me 3.0 system and a special price. The truth about myth five about the full ride scholarships is, it is just the opposite. It is very rare for a student-athlete to be offered a full-ride athletic scholarship at any school. Coaches have limited scholarships as regulated by the NCAA. They try to stretch their scholarship dollars just as you try to stretch your education dollars. Your child will likely be offered room and board, tuition, or books, or some combination of these. Be prepared to pay some money at any school where you are offered a scholarship. It will likely be a partial scholarship. Don't overlook additional financial aid that you may qualify for in the form of academic scholarships or grants. When you're making the tough decision as to which school to choose, consider the whole package, not just the athletic scholarship component. 
That is what is written in Myth 5 of the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. Some additional information on full-ride scholarships. Full-ride scholarships, or headcount sports, have only a total of six full rides in the NCAA Division I level. They are NCAA Division I football, NCAA Division I men's basketball, NCAA Division I women's basketball, NCAA Division I women's tennis, NCAA Division I women's gymnastics, and NCAA Division I women's volleyball. That's it. Six. Play Division I in those sports and you get tuition, room and board, meals, and books paid for. These can be worth a lot of money, so your return on investment may happen. Also, some junior colleges offer full-ride scholarships. Check with each school you are considering in the JUCO ranks. Listen to episodes 216 and 217 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast and find out more on athletic scholarships as the two-parter covers full-ride scholarship information overload, part one and two. I mentioned earlier all the expenses that come with sports. Every sport has its own cost, and I'm not going to spend time on listing all those expenses in a bunch of sports. But depending on the length of time that your student-athlete plays a sport, you can add up all your expenses, and it might add up to tens of thousands of dollars. The money part of athletics in youth, high school, and college sports is a major component. But I want to shift to another valuable component that many families don't consider in their ROI evaluation. That component is the overall sports experience. I want you to know that there are super valuable experiences and opportunities that may be more valuable than money. The opportunity for your student-athlete to make friends, get adult mentors, travel, learn to problem-solve, and handle high-pressure situations, and get out into the world and out of their room and off their phones are all valuable assets to both them and you. Learning to balance athletics and academics and family time and friend times are worth a lot too. Heck, just getting to be in a car or at a restaurant with your kid is sometimes a miracle. Our family, through baseball, have made lifelong friends and have traveled from Missouri to Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Arkansas, Illinois, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, and Arizona, and South Carolina, and North Carolina, Florida, and then all over Missouri to watch the boys in both high school and college. We have got to visit family members that are out of state and old high school and college friends from just a few years past. I not only wanted to point out that sports experiences can be an equal value to the actual money that you spend, but I also wanted to give you a warning about potential letdown, surprise, and that it might actually cost you a bunch to continue to play your sport in college. I remember reading an article back in 2016 that was in the Omaha World Herald, July 10th, 2016. The article was called, With Scholarship Limit, College Baseball Careers Come with a Cost. Online, it has been updated with some new information in August of 2019. The article was about a Division I National Championship baseball player for Coastal Carolina. This player, Anthony Marks, was a walk-on and ended up being a big cog for Coastal Carolina in its national championship. But he ended up with a six-figure loan debt for college. The article walks you through how Marks had no Division I or Division II scholarship offers, but he ended up walking on to Coastal Carolina. The article doesn't say whether he had JUCO, Division III, or NAIA offered. He ended up being a Dean List student and a first-team All-Big South player. The article continues to chastise the college baseball D1 powers on not making more scholarships available to schools and teams. 
NCAA Division I baseball is limited to 11.7 scholarships for a sport that carries 30 to 40 players per team. The article also mentions shortcomings of some other D1 sports like wrestling, golf, and soccer. But I know there are many more sports that run into this problem. Click on the link in the show notes to read the rest of the article. Its content is not pretty and points fingers at the powers of the NCAA to level the sports and the financing situation. Again, I wanted to point out and help you prepare for the finances of college sports. Your costs may not end after high school like you had pictured. The advice is to plan early, do research on programs, and work hard on both academics and your sport. There are many ways to get the price tag down. You have to work at it, research it, and do a little give and take on what your dream college or program is. Depending on college sports to pay 100% of your education is possible. But for a high percentage of student-athletes, a strict monetary ROI is a tough nut to crack. Don't be surprised by the cost. Also, plug in all the experiences that you and your student-athlete get through all these years. A field, a track, a pool, and a court can be a classroom, too. Back in episode 265, I started an Importance of Your Academics series from the Recruit Me 3.0 system. So let's sneak back into Appendix F of the Recruit Me 3.0 system downloadable manual. Appendix F, How to Study and Make the Most of Your Time by Bob Kislik. No two people study the same way. There is little doubt that what works for one person may not work for another. However, there are some general techniques that seem to produce good results. No one would argue that every subject that you have taken is going to be so interesting that subject is not going to be work, but pleasure. We can only wish. Everyone is different, and for some students, studying and being motivated to learn comes naturally. If you are reading this page, it's likely you are not one of them, but don't despair. There is hope. Your success in high school and college is dependent on your ability to study effectively and efficiently. The results of poor study skills are wasted time, frustration, and low or failing grades. It's your life, your time, and your future. All I can say upon many years as a teacher is that time is precious and should not be squandered, no matter what you believe right now. This section is designed to help you develop effective study skills. It is not a magic formula for success in preparing for tests, written, or oral assignments. Studying any material requires work. However, by using the techniques described in this section and applying yourself, you can gain a valuable edge in understanding material preparing for tests, and ultimately, learning. This guide contains some of the best and most effective techniques of successful students. Students who typically have high grades in high school and college, regardless of the courses they take. So read on and listen on and think about what you read and listen to and prepare to become a successful student. So let's jump into the process of study and some of the strategies, focusing on the SQ3R method. The process of study. How to use your time. Time is the most valuable resource a student has. It is also one of the most wasted resources. The schedule you develop should guide you in how to allocate the available time in your most productive manner. Sticking to your schedule can be tough. Don't dribble away valuable time. Avoiding studying is the easiest thing in the world. It's up to you to follow the schedule you prepared. A good deal of your success in high school or college depends on this simple truth. Where to study. You can study anywhere. Obviously, some places are better than others. Libraries, study lounges, or private rooms are best. Above all, the place you choose to study should not be distracting. 
Distractions can build up, and the first thing you know, you're out of time and out of luck. Make choosing a good physical environment a part of your study habits. Strategies. Thinking skills. Everybody has thinking skills, but few use them effectively. Effective thinking skills cannot be studied, but must be built up over a period of time. Good thinkers see possibilities where others see only dead ends. If you're not a good thinker, start now by developing habits that make you ask yourself questions as you read. Talk to other students who you feel are good thinkers. Ask them what it is they do when they think critically or creatively. Oftentimes, you can pick up valuable insights to help you become a better thinker. The SQ3R method. The SQ3R method has been a proven way to sharpen your study skills. SQ3R stands for survey, question, read, recite, and review. Take a moment now and write down SQ3R. It is a good slogan to commit to memory to carry out an effective study strategy. The survey part. Get the best overall picture of what you're going to study before you study it. It's like looking at a road map before you go on a trip. If you don't know the territory, studying a map is the best way to begin. Question. Ask questions for learning. The important things to learn are usually answers to questions. Questions should lead to emphasis on what, why, how, when, who, and where of study content. Ask yourself questions as you read or study. As you answer them, you will help make sense of the material and remember it more easily because the process will make an impression on you. Those things that make impressions are more meaningful and therefore more easily remembered. Don't be afraid to write down your questions in the margin of your textbooks or lecture notes or wherever it makes sense. Read. Read is not running your eyes over a textbook. When you read, read actively. Read to answer questions you have asked yourself or questions the instructor or the author has asked. Always be alert to bold or italicized print. The author's intent is that this material receive special emphasis. Also, when you read, be sure to read everything, including tables, graphs, and illustrations. Oftentimes, tables, graphs, and illustrations can convey an idea more powerfully than written text. Recite. When you recite, don't stop reading periodically to recall what you have read. Try to recall the main headings, important ideas of concepts presented in bold and italicized type, and what graphs, charts, or illustrations indicate. Try to develop an overall concept of what you have read in your own words and thoughts. Try to connect things that you have just read to things that you already know. When you do this periodically, chances are you will remember much more and be able to recall materials for papers, essays, and objective tests. Review. A review is a survey of what you have covered. It is a review of what you are supposed to accomplish, not what you are going to do. Rereading is an important part of the review process. Reread with the idea that you are measuring what you have gained from the process. During review, it's a good time to go over your notes that you have taken to help clarify points that you have missed or don't understand. The best time to review is when you have just finished studying something. Don't wait till just before an examination to begin the review process. Before an examination, do a final review. If you manage your time, the final review can be thought of as fine-tuning of your knowledge of the material. Thousands of high school and college students have followed the SQ3R steps to achieve higher grades with less stress. The SQ3R is just some of the strategies that you can use whenever you're learning to study. Join me next week as we go over many more strategies on how to study. I wanted to extend the savings of the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. Now through November 29th, the fall special price of $99 will be available. 
The regular price is $127, but there has been a great response in the last few weeks, and the purchasing of the Recruit Me 3.0 has been strong. Join those families by taking advantage of the fall special price of only $99. Join me next week on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Contact me if you have any questions or suggestions. Contact me at brent at recruit-me.com. Please share this episode with any other student-athletes and families you know. See you next week.